Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime. With Kaylin and Elena. Hi Kaylin. Hi, how are you? Good. So, <sighs> we're returning to Missouri. Yes, Missouri, Missouri. Whatever. However you say it. Tomato, tomato. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I had a rough time picking in case this week. I told you that a few minutes ago. And, because I had found yours about a week or so yes. ago. And I just couldn't find one. When I had gone and started, when when we had started the whole podcast process, and I had gone through and I tried to pick cases for states, I found one. And then when I went to research it, I just kind of thought it was a little boring. Aww. And so I just kind of gave up on it and I tried <laughs> to find something else. And then I procrastinated and it was yesterday and I was like, I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> what am I going to do? And so a friend of mine and I sat down and we're looking stuff up and she's okay. she's kind of bummed that I didn't pick the one that we had talked about a little bit. Oh, really? But I'm kind of excited that I didn't because as I was doing more research, it went from what is obviously going to be a horrible case because they all are to something that went way further than I expected it to. Oh, boy. And I'm pretty excited about it. But it's a very recent case. Okay. Happened in 2014. So at about 5 p.m. on February 18th, 2014, 10-year-old Haley Owens was walking home from a friend's house when a man in a truck pulled over, called to her, and... Try to ask her for directions. Okay. Now, she goes over to talk to him to try to give him directions. And as she approached him, he grabbed her, threw her in his truck, and sped away. Oh, no. Now, this man had some balls. Because there were people around. There were witnesses. And I don't understand why he thought that he would be able to get away with it with people, like, around and outside that are seeing what is happening. Well, <sighs> Was this his first time? Yes. As far as we know, yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume he's a child rapist. Yes. So, it's not his first time that he's molested a child. I assume not. I'm going to say definitely not. But you do want, I mean, the impulsivity. There's a lot of reasons. How old was he? He was... 45 years old. Okay, so he, I'm going to say, has a long history of this. There's no way this is his first time, I mean, doing something horrible to a child. Maybe the first time kidnapping Napping. to do so. Yeah, or just this might have been a fantasy he'd been having for a long time mm, and just the yeah. impulsivity of it. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not but. sure. But it a lot of balls that he had to do it with Or witnesses. stupidity. Yes, that's true too. So, with there being witnesses, there was a couple nearby, outside, who saw this happen. And there was also another neighbor who had seen it happen. And all three of them, bless their hearts, immediately jumped into action. Good. So, the couple's name is Michelle and Carlos Edwards. They saw the whole thing happen. And they did everything they could. Michelle wrote down the license plate number and immediately called 911. The Carlos, her husband, started running after the truck. Good. And then another, the other neighbor who had seen it got in his vehicle and started following the truck. So when that happened, Carlos stops chasing it and starts going door to door trying to find where this little girl lives. Okay. To get in contact with right, her parents. Right, right. 
And so everybody's doing something different, which is amazing. Yeah, God bless these awesome people. Awesome work that they just immediately jumped into it and just did what they had right. to do. What they right. knew they had to yeah. do. And Carlos had been running door to door and he came in contact with a younger boy who we now know was Haley's brother. Okay. And he was able to take him to their house to tell, to talk to their parents. All right. Now it sucks. So they find Haley's body. Oh, in this man's home in Springfield, Missouri. She was inside two garbage bags, which was inside a storage container in the basement of his house. Now, how did they track him down? Did they license plate? Get... I okay, assume okay. because Michelle so it's very had, fast. It had to have been so fast. So the bastard just immediately murders her. Yeah. And again, why? Like you know, you're caught. You know, you're mm-hmm. not... this. There's uh. And so the I neighbor that this. had followed him ended up the truck. The truck ended up losing him. Okay. He got, he eluded, got away, managed to get home. And in what I imagine is a very short time period, he raped and killed her. Jesus. And then put her in these garbage bags in a storage container in his basement. Now, this disgusting man, his name is Craig Michael Wood. And he wa- he worked in Springfield as a paraprofessional, which I've heard this term a lot, but I never really understood what it was, and I looked into it. And it's, if I understand correctly, it's just someone who, like, substitute teachers right. and stuff like that. He, would- take, he just takes um, temporary jobs. Yes. And he also worked as a football coach for 16 years at Pleasant View Middle School. Uh, so again, gives him he, access. Uh-huh. He also worked at the same middle school supervising suspensions as a teacher's aide and a substitute teacher. That's horrific. Yes. So police search his home. They find Haley's body. They find tons of firearms in his home as well as a lot of child pornography. Of course. I was just... That's... When you said firearms, that's what I figured you were going to say first. So... So... They, in his dresser, in his bedroom, they discovered stories about sexual fantasies. Two of these were handwritten stories by him that involved 13-year-old girls. They also found four pictures of young female students who attended the school where he had been employed. And he did have a criminal record. In 1990, he pled guilty and was fined to $100 after being found in possession of a controlled substance. In 2001, he was convicted of a misdemeanor of taking wildlife illegally. And he had never been married. He never had children. Thank God. And, right. Terrible. Because, and did I say he shot her or did I just say he killed you her? You just said he killed her. He did, he shot her in the head after he raped Jesus. her. She also had marks on her wrists indicating that she had been tied up at some point, which blows my mind because it had to have happened so fast. Yeah. Because they they saw it happen and they got his license plate immediately. 
So I, and it never specified the time between mm-hmm. when she was taken and when she was and found. And the discovery. And it, horrible. And it like breaks my heart. And so like. When, These are the cases I just hate so much. I just. So, yeah. When I found this case yesterday and I was talking to my friend who was also looking at cases for me, <laughs> I told her about this and she was no, you don't need to be talking about children being murdered. You should do this one. And which was also an interesting case. But what really locked me into this one is a little tidbit I'll get into later. Okay. Now we go into the trial. His trial began October 30th, 2017. Took three years for this trial to start. Oh my God. Which bugs me we all know how much i hate lengthy Uh processes like this especially with something in my eyes this is cut and dry right we have witnesses who watched him snatch her and they found her dead in his home right and the only reason they were in his home was because of these people had seen and and said hey yeah there's no what do i want to yeah it's so cut and dried it is so why should why did this take for three years, well, four years, three years. Part of it is just probably the, the caseload, number of judges, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the prosecutors intended to seek the death penalty, even though Haley Owen's family did not want that. But prosecutors are going to do what they do. Right. They, they have the option exactly. to do that. So her family didn't want them to pursue the death penalty, but they did. And the defense... The only real thing that the defense had, and this is the only thing they even tried to do, they, thank goodness we are not about to pull out a mental health thing that the defense tried to pull because... That would put you over the edge. Yes, it would have pissed me off even more, and they didn't. (laughs) So all really the defense had was that he did commit this crime, but it was not premeditated. They wanted it to be a second degree thing so that they could not do the death penalty. So so they... See, and I... This... I get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, I think I said, you know, before, I understand that this is how our legal system works. Everyone's entitled to the best defense that can be given. I have respect for, for this def- defense. For this kind yes. of a thing where so they're like, yeah, but, and, and he may very well not, and it does, I mean, given the circumstances, this, like you said, why the hell would you do with this? Well, this does sound very impulsive. Yes. Again. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, and like I said, you know, whatever. But at least I can respect this. I yes. don't feel like they're trying to make excuses. They're not trying to get him off. Yes. They just don't want him to die. Exactly. Which, okay. So I think this is one of the first defenses that I've been able to like mm-hmm. be okay with because, and I've we've also seen prosecutors where I'm like, fuck this dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so this, I think, is one of those defenses where I'm like. Good for you. Yeah. Because you're, like you said, they're not trying to get him off of this. Right. They're just trying to get it bumped. Like, he did it. Mm-hmm. And there's no denying that he did this. But, and the defense probably told him that. Like, there's nothing you can do. Right. You did it, and you've got witnesses, and this girl was found in your house. Like, there's... Yeah, this is the best we can do for you. Exactly. And this is the best anybody's going to be able to mm-hmm. do for you. So, like, I can get behind that. Now, on November 2nd... Which is a couple of days. Because his trial started October 30th. Yeah, so yeah. 
A couple of days later, the jury found Craig Wood guilty of first-degree murder. And the same jury couldn't agree on a verdict. They all said... You mean verdict for the death penalty? Yes. Okay, so for they the all, sentencing. Yeah, they all said guilty, 100%. They all said guilty. But two of the jurors did not want the death penalty. Now, in a regular circumstance, that would mean that they, they couldn't do it. Right. Correct? Well, different states have different requirements for this. And, you know, for a long time, death penalty was the judge's decision in many states. And then they went back and said, no, you can't do that. It ha also has to go to the jury. And I do believe that different states have different levels of, you know, I don't know that it always has to be unanimous. So there are two states. So there are two states in all 50 Okay. That when this happens and the jury is not unanimous, that it leaves the judge to decide the sentencing. Okay. So there's that opening. Yes. And on January 11th, so a couple of months later, of, this is January 11th, 2018, Judge Thomas Mountjoy sentenced Craig Wood to death by lethal injection. And that's why you like this case. Yes. A whole and lot. when this happened, Haley's step-grandfather stood up and said, God bless you, Your Honor. Even though her family didn't want the death penalty, her grandfather oh, was did. like, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. God bless you. Right. And a couple of days after her abduction and murder, there was a candlelight vigil for her. And all of this, and thousand pe thousands of people marched in the city for her. And there is now a neighborhood park named Haley's Playground that's dedicated to her. And because of this, there was a law that had been proposed. Um, her family, joined by the family of Craig Wood, was, or is, lobbying for what is now called Haley's Law. And that would consolidate the systems for the Amber Alerts uh -huh. with local police. That would be awesome. So that when things like this happen, local police can put out that Amber Alert immediately. immediately. See, and I don't understand how the Amber Alert works exactly. Neither so, do I. Because it seems strange to me. Like, you know, I get the alerts on my phone. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us do. And yeah. so, like, just today, I there was an 11-year-old girl who was missing up in Boise. Mm -hmm. Everyone was posting it all over Facebook, you know. I never got an Amber Alert. There was alert. never an Amber Alert mm -hmm. issued. And I wonder, you know, I'm like, she's only 11, for God's sake. Like, why is it that every time a child goes missing, that doesn't kick in? Exactly. So, I love this. And it, as far as I understand right now, has not been passed as a law yet, but I think it needs to be. I'm sure they're kind of working out the, the, the kinks detail, of right. it so that it is perfect, so that it works for everybody involved. But I think this is something that all states need. Oh, I do too. And I mean, and by the way, this little girl in Boise was found safely several hours mm -hmm. later, thank God. But I, like I said, I don't understand. To me, whenever a child goes missing, that's an immediate yes. get on this, you yes. know, and and search everywhere immediately. 
maybe, I don't know. I don't know why they don't. Is it, are they afraid of burnout? Does there have to be valid, I don't know, like does kidnapping have to be involved? Do they have to know it's a kidnapping before they can do the Amber Alert? I'm not sure. Right now it is, as of May 16th, it is awaiting Governor Parsons' signature. Okay. And it's been filed two times previously, but hasn't... Hasn't passed? Yeah, it failed to be passed by both the House and the Senate Senate, sorry, before the final day of the legislature... Legislature? Legislative... Jesus, I can't talk. (laughs) Um... And so, yeah, like I said, the Haley's Law will allow police to directly access the Amber Alert system electronically, eliminate... Okay, so now it makes sense. It's eliminating the filing paperwork. They have to file file paperwork before sending out an Amber Alert. Okay, so here's the thing, too. An Amber Alert, it says the law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. Well, that seems to be the case here. I mean, somebody snatched her and threw her in a pickup. I think that any time a child goes missing, whether or not they are in... I think if anybody is kidnapping a child, that child is automatically in imminent danger. That's what I feel, too. I don't care what they plan on doing to to this child, whether or not they're just taking them somewhere else to hide with them, or what they're doing. That child, the moment it is taken, is in imminent danger and that's the thing it has to be an abduction so the Boise thing obviously they didn't feel like it was an abduction she Why? just disappeared I don't know I she just okay. went missing you know and kids okay. wander off or run, yeah. you know I'm running away from home you know that kind of a thing yeah which is different so there does the abduction is is the key piece here yeah and the child must be at risk of serious injury or death there must be sufficient descriptive information of child captor or captor's vehicle to issue an alert, and the child must be a minor. Okay. But, again, this case seems to meet all those criteria, so I'm yeah. not sure. And it might just be because of the fi- the paperwork filing, Th- because that's what it said it's trying to eliminate, is so that the police, the local police can access the Amber Alert system electronically so they can get it out as quickly as possible versus doing paperwork. Because in my mind, paperwork is the last thing I would want to do when a child has been abducted and is missing. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I get that. And I think that's a fantastic thing that needs to happen. And I don't know if you've seen lately all over Facebook where... I've seen it quite a few times. There has been a post where they've explained how the Amber Alert came to be and well, why. Well, I, again, honey. Did you post that? I'm old. No, oh, okay. I have not posted it, but I remember when that case happened. In 96? Yes. Again, way older than you, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, it was, I mean, this little girl was literally kidnapped from her own slumber party. The man broke into her house, stole her, ran out the door. Um, killed her. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, um... You know, I remember at the time, because it, it in itself was, you talk about this guy being crazy and, you know what I mean, kidnapping her on a crowded street. This guy broke into her home in the middle of her slumber party right. and dragged her out of the house in front of every all these other girls. And so, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible thing. It's, it's crazy to me, and I don't know if it's coincidence or if they did this on purpose, but... 
so Amber Alert is officially an acronym because it stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. But they did that on purpose. Did they because to her mirror name was, her name? Okay, yeah, okay, because yes. her name was Amber Hagerman, and she was nine year old, nine years old. That was in Texas in '96 when that happened. But it's. I think there's a lot of things in our system that needs fixed, and I think this is one of them. Well, and this also plays in a little bit to what I was talking about with my case, my Missouri case, with, you know, in the United States, our law enforcement systems are so fragmented, and they, you know... we like this local control in the United States. We've never quite decided, do we like local? Do we like national more? And we constantly have these conflicts between the two. I remember when I was growing up. So if you were being chased, for instance, by a city cop and you cross the city limits or by a sheriff and you cross the county line, they couldn't couldn't chase you anymore. Yeah, but now they can. And now, of course, they can. And, you know, and I know a lot of our listeners because they're closer to your age, they don't even remember that. Yeah. But I do. You know, and and that was, you know, one of those things. They were like, this is stupid. You know, we, you know, we're valuing this quote-unquote local control and being able to have our own little jurisdiction and whatever, but it was a power play that worked against public safety, and so they've now changed that. Yeah. And we've seen over the past... I would say really since the 70s that this really started in earnest, maybe more into the 80s, but where we have seen this desire to streamline and help communication because we understand that it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Now, we kind of went off on a little little ramble, <laughs> and I didn't even get to the part that that really solidified the fact that this was the case that I needed to choose. Okay. Now. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Is this going to make me mad? In December of 2018. So this was just under a year after Craig Woods had been sentenced to death that another person in relations to Haley was arrested. What? Yes. Go on. (laughs) I wish you guys could see the look on Elena's face (laughs) right now because a lot of the times there have been like these tidbits of information that I sometimes, I slide to her before we start. I didn't even, I didn't tell her anything so she really is shocked and surprised. I am. And she's very concerned and I love the look on her face. And confused. Yes. So, Haley Owen's stepfather. Oh no was sentenced to seven years in federal prison for child pornography. No. Yes. Had he been molesting her? Had he been trading images of her? And that's how this guy... So, he claims that he didn't start looking at this until after what happened to Haley happened to her because he was scared that there would be images or videos of her on the internet. And that's why he was looking at it. I say that's fucking bullshit. I call bovine excrement as well. And so he... But he pled guilty. Okay. And 
he pled guilty to receiving and distributing child pornography. So he was sentenced to seven years in prison and then another 10 years of probation after that. And as soon as he gets out of prison, he has to file as a sex offender. Good. Good. And <laughs> yes, he said that the reason he looked at child porn was to make sure there were no photos of his stepdaughter out on the internet after no, the girl was No, so, I don't even believe, and especially given, I mean, you know, we stopped recording and I asked you some questions. I mean, you were saying, you know, she wa was walking two blocks, two blocks to her home and he only had her for hours before he murdered her. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this casts even more BS on this dude's mm -hmm. story. Plus, how the hell can you sit and look at those images? Yeah, I don't... Mm. I mean, I can't, I don't even, like, want to think about it, let alone, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, fishy. And I do, this really makes me wonder, you know, because it is so odd that he would have just snapped, was there any connection between these two men? Was there, because these, these pieces of garbage mm -hmm. trade in this stuff. It's insane. And it's disgusting. But he said that he admitted to engaging in role-playing online, role online chats with adults who were attracted to children, which he said was why he covertly tried to learn the true identity of these predators so that he could, so that he could inform law enforcement. Bullshit. He's just trying to cover his own ass by saying that he was trying to pretend to be into it to turn these people mm -hmm. in. That's bullshit. No. Yeah. And he uploaded child porn to a website. How are you even going See, to... See, there, right there. Yeah. yeah bullshit. You have, like, you yeah. have no defense. No. If you... And why hadn't you engaged with local law enforcement exactly. in some way? Exactly. He said that he had no criminal intent behind what he was doing. Blah, blah, blah. Now this case is really pissing me off. Assistant U.S. Attorney James Keller and... Uh, Indicated that he was skeptic skeptical of his explanation, which ever we Duh. both are, and I feel like right. everybody should be because it I think any thinking human being would be pretty skeptical of this terrible explanation. And um, attorney James Keller pointed out that he didn't mention any of these reasons when he was first contacted by law enforcement in 2016 about the child porn found on his computer. So two years after this girl, his stepdaughter goes, she gets abducted, raped, and murdered by a man, and they find child porn on his computer. Why did it take another two years? I don't understand the lengthy processes on why this happens. I don't either. And just the way we handle rape yes. in this country, whether it is of women, children, men, boys, mm -hmm. it... You know, I I just feel like we do a very, very poor job of it. Yes. And I'm not, sh you know, well, I do have ideas of how we could do better. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's eternally frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we do have these asinine cases where you have a 17-year-old boy dating a 15-year-old girl and her parents get pissed and then he's a sex offender for the rest of his life. You know, yeah. that kind of nonsense that does happen. And I, I don't want to you know, act like that's not important either, but I don't, we're just, there's so much 
there's not enough common sense in our legal system, I, I feel like. I, you know, and I understand the importance of the letter of the law and, and having everything properly encoded. Mm -hmm. But we talked about this before, I know, you know, prosecutorial uh, intent and the, and the fact that they get to make a lot of these calls. And too often I just feel like it turns into an ego game for them. I, I definitely agree because, like you said, a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old, like, these things that, and I mean, I kind of understand it because you could have a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old and consent is everything in these situations. Right. And I don't think things like that get brought into consideration when... They don't. They don't. They're just like, they see age in an, an, an I put adult in quotes because mm -hmm. we're all children around here, <laughs> but an adult gets mad and is like, ruin their life. If it really is not anything sinister. Right. Like, I understand if something more there is happening, but I feel like more things, they get taken, how do I want to word this? Situations Well, the where laws are poorly written to begin with, agreed. first of all. Agreed. I mean, obviously, that these things can happen. Mm -hmm. So to me, that shows, yeah, a, lot, a lack of, you know, and like I said, in Idaho, so crazy anyway, the fact that, you know, we refuse to outlaw child marriage in this state when we had a law up before our legislature this past session. But then, like I said, you do have nonsense like this, where you have boys who are scared when they're 17, 18 years old, and they're dating 15, 16-year-old girls. Okay. And, you know, th there is a case to be made. I mean, there is a time when a, a an age gap becomes too large, but... I don't know. We're just not handling this, no. like I said, with common sense or decency or, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it just, it makes me insane. Yes. Now, we've done a little bit of bouncing back and forth. So, while we're still on that, we'll go back into a little bit of what happens, again, with this case. So, Craig Wood, who was found guilty, mm -hmm. it, he had, he decided to... Ask the Supreme Court to remove the death penalty on his case. Okay. Because they, his attorney told the Missouri Supreme Court that the process used to impose the death sentence was not constitutional. Right. And that's because of the whole because jury the versus judge. Yes. And so it was either death or life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm -hmm. So now... They are just trying to get it down to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And the thing is, is because you and I have talked a lot about the death penalty. A lot. And I, I, I tend to be very much on the pro-death penalty. But then when we get into these situations where I know that this him being on death row is he's likely to not die right by execution right he's likely to die of, of old him. age exactly because and we've talked about it before but the average i'm going to call it a wait time i know that's not the right no. term but the average wait time for someone to be executed is 15 years and the amount of money it's more expensive 
to ex to put somebody to death than it is to imprison them for life without parole. Which is insane to me. Well, it's because of the legal, because you're constantly going back to court, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, with the life without mm-hmm. parole, that's not an issue. Yeah. And, and this also plays into the fact of, you know, our prison system, all of the reform that needs to happen there, you know, the fact, and we've talked about this as well, that you have people, you know, being sentenced for drug offenses okay. the same way that people, and sometimes longer than people who are, you know, violent sex offenders or, you know, pet pedophiles and some of these sorts of things. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot, again, and to me, that's common sense that, doesn't is not playing into the picture here yeah it's we have a lot of science now we have brain science we understand that a pedophile you know that is something that is hardwired do you know what i mean you don't that's not something that you got drunk and you decided hey suddenly a 12 year old looks good to me i mean that is something incredibly wrong with you that ain't easy to fix. Uh-huh. And that needs to be handled very, very differently than someone who's selling Coke on the corner. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a hard one because we all know how much I hate listening to people, listening to stories of people who are sitting on death row who sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and then they die and it's like, cool, why... I don't know. It's a very hard back and forth for me. And I know it's a very much like so pro and so against. I'm either at one end of the spectrum or I'm at the other. And I don't understand because it's just, it drives me nuts. Because in one hand, I'm like, yes, if they can get it to where the system is able to sentence them and put them to death quickly, yes. But if it's going to continue to be 15, 20, I believe the longest I remember seeing was 25 or 30 years of sitting in prison and then they die. What's the point? Yeah. And you know, I'm way more torn about the whole death penalty thing. And I I have to say my preference would be for life without the possibility of parole for things like this where, you know, and, and that they're forced to do something that's going to have some sort of, restitution to the family and to the victims in some way. I honestly, and I don't think we've ever talked about this on, which is weird because we have, we've covered a couple of child. We've covered a few. I know we've covered a couple of child killings. Have we ever covered a child rape? I think we have. Have we? I don't know if we've ever, if we ever have. I'm trying to think. I think at least one, but maybe not. I don't know. Because, like I said, I honestly try to block them out. They're so upsetting to me. I know I know that, for sure we've covered a bunch right, of child killings. Murders. But I don't know if we've ever covered a child rape. Maybe we've just talked about I know them. We've talked about, I know we've covered some child assaults right. or, like, sodomies and stuff yeah. like that. Because you go to, like, the Eric Smith case with yeah, right, right. the four-year-old. But that there was no actual... I mean, it yeah. was sodomy's rape, but right physical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the way that I'm. He used to... an object. Yes, which ugh, is also. But I, I will say, about... with a hundred and ten percent certainty, I don't know. I know because I know there are women who do this, which is right. bonkers to me, and don't get prosecuted the way they should. Yeah, but that's another story. Men, and and this is specifically for men. Men 
who rape children 110% need to be castrated. I don't care if they're going to spend life in prison. With but again, Caitlin, cut it off. I mean, you just talked about the fact that... Cut it off. That's not going to stop them. They're going to find other ways to molest, you know. Cut them off and put it in pr- put them in prison. Cut it off. Well, I don't know about the cut. Definitely prison. I, I do believe. Cut it off. <laughs> they do, No, they don't deserve it. Again, you can't become the thing you're trying to destroy, though. Well, I would rather, if I could, if I, if I had the, the choice in the matter, I... For rape instances like this, which I know he wasn't sentenced to death for rape. He was sentenced to death for murder. Granted, he did have a couple of, a few different charges, quite a few different charges. Right. But he was sentenced to death for the murder. I get that. But (laughs) if I had the choice, I would, in this case, I don't care, lock him in prison for the rest of his life, but cut it off. Cut it off. He deserves no sort of pleasure in his life at all. Cut it off. <laughs> and I will stand that... Do you think they should cut it off, Kaylin? I'm not sure you said that <laughs> enough, Doc. I, I just... Mm-mm. C-I-O. C-I-O. <laughs> but no, it's... Th- because... I mean, if we're being realistic, and this is probably gonna... I don't know. The way I'm gonna say this is gonna be gross. I'm sorry. But if we're being realistic, they are sitting in jail for a long time. You know what they're doing. Well, yeah. He deserves no pleasure. Cut it off. Yep. 100%. Okay. Which makes me think of... So I said I don't know about the women because women do things like this as well. Which, again, we have talked about the standard of women Mm -hmm. is we're more docile and Mm -hmm. loving and nurturing and stuff like that. Which I feel like for the most part, meh. It's It's a society thing. Right. But... Which, and then I said I didn't know how they would deal with it with that. Yeah, I do. Look at The Handmaid's Tale. Did you ever watch that or read that book? Well, I read the book. Okay, well, I don't know if how, I didn't read the book, but I don't know how, so I don't know how different the And show I haven't is. watched the show. The show's so. amazing, by the way. But, again, sorry, graphic. <laughs> they cut off women's clits. Well, that's called, you know, female genital mutilation. Okay. And that is an established practice throughout large swaths of the world in Africa. That's nuts. Throughout Africa, in the Muslim world. Mm. That's a very common practice, by the way. So I think in situations like this, child rapist, man or woman, cut the dig off, cut the clit off. I don't care. Put them in prison for the rest of their life. They deserve no pleasure. Okay. On that happy (laughs) note... This took um, a rough turn, and I'm I so really, sorry. really feel like maybe people need to go on our discussion group and talk about this a little bit more, and also look up female genital mutilation. Don't do that. Well, Allison Walker, Alice, Allison, Alice Walker, who wrote *The Color Purple*, amongst other books, has long um, been fighting against this. There are a number of countries in Africa that have been outlawing the practice, but it is horrifying how common it truly is, and in how many places it is still happening. Don't, so, don't press the image button. No, don't, don't. Don't but, press the image button. <laughs> but do find out ways to stop it. So Unless they're rapists, then encourage. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> it's been a rough please one. engage with Kaylin on our podcast uh, discussion page on Facebook. Yeah, I want to know. Do you guys yes. agree? 
Email us at stateofcrimepodcast.com. Oh, try that again. Stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com. She's got me all kinds of discombobulated (laughs) right now. And um, thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our Instagram and our Twitter if you want to look at some old posts because we haven't been keeping up on it. And maybe we'll get them updated. So, yeah. We probably should. Anyway, thanks for listening.